The first reading today is from Acts, the first chapter. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. The psalm is from Psalm 47, and it's a responsive reading. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord most high is to be feared, the great King of all He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He judged our heritage for us, the pride God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth, sing praises with a psalm. God has the nations, God on his holy The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. The second reading is from Ephesians, the first chapter. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the, Lord, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. 
And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. And then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be claimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. Stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, please, blessing God. All right, so Thursday, May 26. Uh, did anybody knows what's so special about May 26? Anybody born in here? Anybody has a birthday on May 26? Just kind of look around, anybody birthdays? That'd be kind of special. No, no birthdays on May 26. All right. Um, well, in 1805, on May 26, William Clark and Meriwether Lewis set their eyes on the Rocky Mountains for the very first time, May 26. May 26 in 1805, Napoleon Bonaparte is crowned king. 1897, on May 26, Dracula, by Irish author Bram Stoker, is published. 1897. May 26, also on another date, 1908, Mr. and Mrs. Jacob Murdoch and their children become the first family to travel from the West Coast to the East Coast of the United States by car. Pretty cool. 1908. In 1927, Ford produced on May 26, produced the last of 15 million Model T cars. 1940, on May 26, the first successful helicopter flight, a Sikorsky in the United States. 1973, on May 26, the Beatles album, The Blue One, it goes to number one. 1907, John Wayne born on May 26, 1948, Stevie Nicks, 1949, uh, 1949, Hank Williams, May 26, kind of a fun day maybe. This year, May 26, it was the 40th day after the resurrection, 40th day after Easter. For most of the world, it just came and went. It wasn't Christmas, it wasn't Easter. But the Ascension Day, what an overlooked day. On this day, Jesus ascends to his Father and his place in heaven. He returns with twin titles, victorious Son of God, and he's also now the only one who returns as victorious Son of Man. He is both. Now, some might think, why the Ascension Day on the 40th day? Why the 40th day? Well, it seems that God uses the number 40 to communicate an important truth. In, the, in, the, in most of these illustrations, I'll give you about 40. These world challenges 
conclude with God's power. Listen for them. The great flood, 40 days, 40 nights. It ended with a great promise. I will never flood the earth again. There was a rainbow. Moses fled to Midian 40 years. There he found family. There he had shelter. 40 years, he was blessed to see God. Moses on Mount Sinai, 40 days. Israel wandered 40 years. Then they got the promised land. The maximum lashes, this is in Deuteronomy chapter 25. The maximum lashes, there's a limit to the pain that we can get for punishment, 40. The land was spied for 40 days before they entered. Goliath taunts Saul's army for 40 days until he meets little David. Elijah fled from the queen 40 days, 40 nights, and then all kinds of things happened for him. Each story in this Bible that we have that includes 40, whether it's years or days, it has a challenge. And each story has God affirming and displaying his being the one true God, sovereign authority over it all. God prevails every time in that 40. In the New Testament, 40 is being displayed. It continues. Immediately following, if you remember, immediately following Jesus' baptism, where the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are that place, he goes out into the wilderness for 40 days. There he was tempted by Satan. 40 days, 40 nights. He fasted and prayed. And his love of the Father and his obedience to the Father, it prevailed. After that, he starts his three-year public ministry. And now at the conclusion of his earth ministry, after his life, his death, and his resurrection, there is going to be a 40-day victory tour, if you like. And it ended on May 26, the 40th day. For 40 days, Jesus triumphantly displays his victory over sin and over death and over the devil. For 40 days, he invites his followers to see him, to hear him, to trust in him. It takes 40 days, but he's asking them to let go of the very um, real world presentation of events and circumstances that might cause worry, that might cause disbelief. To let go of the woundedness and the fear that you're holding on to. And at the end of these 40 days and during the 40 days, try setting that aside and just hold on to me. Instead of seeing the trouble in the world, see me. Instead of having your hearts be burdened by the world, let your hearts come to me. Instead of clinging to the world, cling to me. Believe in Jesus. Follow Jesus. Truly live. An important note on these 40 days is that he's not doing this for his glory. He's not doing this victory tour because he needs it. He's making himself known to his disciples so that his disciples can know it and believe it and from there help others come to know it and believe it. Today's gospel lesson includes words that took place on the day that our Lord was raised from the dead from that Easter Sunday. Because in our lesson, it's the same day. A few verses earlier than we had today, angels have appeared to women who are going to the grave that day to take care of Jesus' body, to finish the burial procedures. 
Later that day in Luke's gospel, uh, we have two disciples, two followers walking to Emmaus on the, and, and Jesus meets them. And then he, he reveals himself to them. Their eyes are open, their minds are opened as he breaks bread. And then did they see that? They understand how 1,500 years of God's promises revealed in the Old Testament, Old Testament scriptures have been fulfilled in Jesus. And they get it. Their minds are illumined to get it. They run back to the city that afternoon, that evening, so they could tell the disciples what they had experienced. It's still the same day we read our lesson. And they're all gathered now in this room. They're behind closed windows and locked doors. Today's gospel lesson began there. It began with them talking about all the things that they had just experienced on this Easter day. Locked in this tomb of a building. And then Jesus was right there with them. In the middle of their fear. In the middle of their lost hopes. In the middle of their shattered dreams. In, their, in the middle of their wonderment of people saying that they, he's risen, but they've not seen. And they're in this confused, like bowls of spaghetti, confusion and woundedness and hope. It, in that place, Jesus enters right there. That's something for us maybe consider today. That God will be with us. When we think we're alone, we're wrong. God's with us. Jesus promises that I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And not one in scriptures, not one time has God ever broken a promise, regardless of our merit of having him break his promise. He is faithful. God has never broken a promise. He is always faithful. He always loves and he always seeks to save. If you're in a storm, God is in a storm with you. Your life now and your life for eternity will always be with him and in him. Back to this locked, sealed room. The first thing that the Lord says to them when he enters them in that space the first thing he speaks to his friends is the word shalom. Our Bible translated as peace. Well, there's truth to that translation, but there's so much more. Shalom means this, to be made whole. Right? To be, have your health completely restored, to have your, your broken heart completely healed, to have your hope healed, to have a fully blessed life to fully live, to have life, be made whole, shalom. That is what Jesus speaks to them when he enters their locked room of broken wonderment, confusion, shalom. There's probably a place in your life that's closed. And if you haven't closed it recently, maybe it was in younger years or teen years. Some of us have a lot of places in our life that's closed off because we don't want to think about it and we don't want to go there, so we just seal it, package it, and lock it behind a door. Some of us continue to live in a sheltered space like we've closed the windows and the doors of our lives so we don't get hurt again. We don't experience that again. We're like in that upper room with the disciples, a place where hope has been lost, a place where love has been wounded. Today we remember we're not alone in that place. Prayerfully, Jesus says, open your eyes and see that I'm with you. 
Open your ears and listen for the word of God spoken today because I'm speaking to you in it. Let the songs and the prayers and this whole worship service show you in through your ears that you're not alone. Ask in Jesus' names for God's shalom to enter your life and ask. And if it takes 40 days, if it takes 40 years, keep on asking. That sin and wounded, that darkness would leave, that God's shalom would enter. In our lesson today, Jesus finds the disciples locked, hidden in their little guarded little worlds. Because he loves them, he finds them. And he speaks shalom. He wants the same for us today. Now, after Jesus enters the room and after he speaks the word shalom, the disciples remain in confusion. I get it sometimes, right? Somehow they continue, even though he's standing there and even though he said shalom, peace and healing be with you, even though they said that, they're holding on to their worry and their fears and their doubts. They're holding on to this dark stuff and not him. So he asks you, why are you still troubled? Why are you having doubts in your heart? I'm here. Wake up, right? Why do you doubt? Why are you holding on to trouble? And at first I thought, Jesus, maybe give him a break, right? It's not every day that a resurrection happens, right? How can you ask these people that have just witnessed all that they've witnessed to suddenly just flip that fast? But I thought later that Jesus has every right to ask that. See, for three years, he displayed the power and the love and the truth of God before them. Three years, day in, day out, they walked with him. They witnessed this. Day after day for three years, he has been preparing them. And over those three years, he told them about all the things that were going to happen in Jerusalem just in those last three days. He told them in advance many times, I will be betrayed, I will be arrested, I will be... um, uh, told by the crowd crucified i will be beaten i will be crucified i will die and i will be raised on the third day he told them that he told them the details of the cross and after all of that and now after being here in the flesh and the spirit in the tomb that you've created for yourselves he's telling them you still have troubled minds you still have doubts After all of that, how much more could I have done? If you don't believe after all you personally witnessed, if you will not hold on to the eternal joy that's in the midst of your world storm, you are in a storm, great, but I'm in here. Weren't we in a boat once? You thought you were going to die? I was with you in this. I told, don't you remember? If you can't remember and if you can't trust and believe, How will others believe the good news of your witness? How will others hold on to an eternal joy that I gift if you don't receive it? So Jesus confronts them. He confronts their inability to trust and he confronts their inability to let go of the wounds. They are failing to remember the truth. They are failing to trust and they're replacing three years of powerful examples of lordship over disease, storms, demons, hunger, death, and even their sin, they're letting go of their belief and trust in him, and they're holding on to their worries. 
their doubts, their failures, their woundedness. He confronts it. He loves them too much not to confront that. In various circumstances, Jesus also then confronts us. Because this is just not a story about the church then. It's about the story of the church today. Like disciples then, we might know and have certainty in a great many of God's truths. There's a good chance that a lot of you have been going to church and learning about the Bible and the stories in the Bible for many, many years. We have all that, but, and but is an erasing word, right? Everything you say before it is gone. But in a particular area, we remain troubled and unbelieving. We know all this and we still hold on to something. We might keep seven out of ten commandments, but we try to rationalize the three commandments that we choose to break. We know all about these awesome historical Bible stories and have faith in so much, but doubt that God can see past our sinfulness to work good in our lives or the lives of our loved ones or in the world. Yeah, Christians have learned and come to believe that God is the authority of all creation, but still entertain the idea that our situation is somehow too big, too deep, too wide for God's peace to ever enter. Into that condition that we are, no worries. Jesus worked in the lives of the disciples powerfully for 40 days. He didn't show up on this first night. They fail and he dismisses them. He keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming for 40 days until they finally get it. He will not quit until they get it. And he won't quit on us until we get it. 40 days, 40 years, 400 years, whatever. He never quits. That's good news for us. With what I remind you next is about good news in this gospel lesson about the character of God. God is aware of our capacity to sin, disbelieve, and worry. He knows us that we will not believe and we will hold on to our worry. He gets it. God is aware of our capacity to do these things. But with that said, look how he responds to them. He first says, Shalom. Then he tells them to see, and he shows them himself. See, see the marks in my wrist, right? He'll say in another gospel, see the mark in my side. Not just see and hear my voice, but touch it. He asks for something to eat because spirits can't eat. He's showing that I have a body. I'm not just a spirit. I'm not in your imagination. I will eat that fish. Broiled fish doesn't sound very yummy to me, but he eats it because it would help them. Jesus meets them where they are. He accompanies them for 40 days. He will encourage them. That is his character being revealed. That he cares. That he's gentle. His love is beautiful. He will do whatever it takes to take care of his friends in their time of needs. Because, for a reason we'll get to in a moment. In addition to that, Jesus opens their minds. What a gift. He get, they get to understand the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. He breathes the Holy Spirit upon them. And they finally get to see the big picture the way he has always seen the big picture. They have understanding. The last thing that he gives them is all building up to this last piece from verse 46 and 48. It is written that Christ should suffer on the third day and rise from the dead, that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. And it begins with you in Jerusalem. You 
are my witnesses. The disciples, witnesses. For three years, he personally in the flesh loved, hugged, healed, and showed the way. He carried the team for three years. Now he's ascending to the Father. The game is now in their hands. It's their turn to receive God's Holy Spirit. It's their turn to share God's shalom. It is their turn to help others repent from sinful ways of living. It's their turn to help others know that they were forgiven, that they can be receiving and giving forgiveness. And they're the ones now sent to do the Lord's work. And what is the Lord's work? He tells us that repentance and forgiveness be proclaimed to all nations. Witness to that. For us, that looks like this, maybe. Witness to people who are suffering from addiction. Show them heaven's way. Tell them they're forgiven for their addictions and help them come out of it with God's peace. Witness to people who are plagued with sexual misconducts. Witness to people who are poor because of riches. To people who are rich and poor because of riches. Witness to people who are wounded by separations and divorce. Witness to people who are crushed by death of someone who is really close to him thinking right now the people in Uvalde how they could be witnessed to by the Christian community that they could have peace in the midst of that storm that they wouldn't still see their loved ones again church witness witness to those who have deep family troubles witness to those who live are lost in this mundane material life witness to those who believe that they'll never be forgiven because they're in bondage to sin they can't overcome it never have and never will witness to those who are on the edge of just given all up. Church, witness to God's shalom. For 40 days, for 40 years, whatever it takes, walk with them in their days of trouble and doubt and show them the love and the holiness of Jesus. Jesus' final action, it was the display. It was a display to be remembered until we get to see him face to face. It says, as he led him out as far as Bethany, he lifted up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and he was carried to heaven. The very last image, the very last action is Jesus lifting up his hands, loving them and blessing them. It's a gesture still used in church today during worship. Pastors raising their hands to remind you of Jesus' blessing. Now the disciples and the people gathered that day, they had been blessed. In their little made tombs, Jesus entered and spoke shalom, and he gave them everything they needed to believe. He knows he knows us. He knows that if we see it, if we hear it, if we can touch it, then maybe, maybe we can believe. And that's what he gave them. Every resource so that they could believe that he's alive and he's a well. He's as much alive now as he's ever been. He blessed them so that they could tell and be witnesses about what they've seen. And on this day, the church, people gathered here, we have been blessed with this story, with this history of Jesus's time on his last days. We received his blessing. We're invited to receive his shalom because God wants us to be his witnesses. And if we have it, we might be able to share it.
God, help us be that church. Amen. Let us declare our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father, Creator and Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into heaven. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray together in Christ Jesus for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, we live in a culture of distractions and diversions. Help us to focus our hearts and minds on the things of first importance, your holy will and way. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus Christ, you return time and again to your disciples to affirm your forgiveness, life, and mission. Inspire each one of us to receive your good news and to share the good news in every aspect of our lives. Lord, in your mercy. Holy Spirit of God, with joy and delight, we thank you that a new day has dawned and a new hope is given. Christ is alive, and you empower us to be alive in him. We thank you that grace is stronger than evil, that mercy is larger than suffering, that joy is greater than sorrow. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a season to celebrate Easter and a day to celebrate the ascension of our Lord. We thank you for birthdays and anniversaries celebrated this week. We thank you for all of the loved ones you have placed into our lives and the beautiful memories that live on within us. We ask that you sustain the faith of those who mourn the beauty of days gone by, who mourn the absence of loved ones. We ask that you touch the lives of those we know and love who are in need of healing, courage, and peace, especially those we name in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we pause to pray. We pray for the young ones who have uh, returned to you but left their families mourning in deep, deep, heartbroken mourning. This Lord, we, we pray that you'd bring your Christian church and your good news through your church to everyone who is wounded um, by the loss of loved ones from this attack in schools or all the other ways that people are being killed and having lives taken short in our country. Um, the war in Ukraine, to famines. Lord, there's so much trouble in this world. We give you glory. Let your church show your love, show your compassion, bring your faith and your hope and your life to the world, that your shalom will, will touch their minds and hearts and encourage them in these days. Lord, into your hands we'll commend them. 
Lord, we'll commend all for which we pray. Lord, we will trust in your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. exalted the king is exalted on high i will praise him he is exalted forever exalted and i will praise his name he is the lord forever his truth shall reign heaven and earth rejoice in his holy exalted the king is exalted on high he is exalted the king is exalted on high